0: Empowered Living Coach, and Spiritual Feminist. And today, I have the pleasure of sharing time with Mary Lunin. She is a life coach with Dare to Blossom. Welcome, Mary. Hello, Jamie. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so glad to have you with us. It's lovely to be here. Thank you. Let me tell folks a little bit more about you. So, as I said, Mary is a life coach. She's also a writer and an artist. And her passion is helping people find their way home to themselves, rediscover their wisdom, and then unleash their power within. And she does this through a Dare to Blossom rediscovery process using a simple pack of cards with a single word and a color. And that's something that you developed yourself, isn't it, Mary?
1: Yes, it is.
0: Can you tell us a little bit more about both the process and how you came to develop that?
1: Yes. Yes, it was back in about 2011 I was planning a new series of workshops here in Cornwall where I live and um, I'm not quite sure where the idea came from now, it was one of those things that was given to me from wherever Um, and I decided to design these cards and I've used angel cards and oracle cards and all sorts of different beautiful artworks um, on cards for a long time and I had to get through that. Um, idea of you know who am I to produce something new when there's all these other things out there. Mm. Having got past that point. <laughs> yes, who am I? Because I'm me and there is only one of me and therefore what I produce will be different. Mm. And the the simplicity of them is that they are just a simple word with a coloured background and they um they have in a way they have no belief system connected to them. Mm. So, there are barriers in some ways for a whole range of people who may not previously have come across this sort of work. It's mm-hmm. so very accessible. Mm. Um, the one word that may um, not quite fit into that, that's correcting was the word angels, <laughs> 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 which uh, I couldn't, they, they had to be there. Let me not have the, have the pack without them in it. And everybody's okay with angels, they have them on their Christmas tree. <laughs> So, um, and the process, um, I used, again, I started using it in workshops and people started asking me to buy the cards. So I'm now marketing them and I've recently, I've produced a book about them as well. Um, the process is simply to draw a card and see what your first response is to the word and to the color. And the process I take people through is once they've explored that, it is to give them a moment and then perhaps ask, well, what else is there? Mm. Uncovers another layer very often of their memories or their thoughts mm-hmm. or the impulses that come to them in that moment. Mm-hmm. And some magical, magical um, results that come from using this. And then if people draw, have more than one card, they draw it themselves or I do it for them in, in session. Um, for online, they have more than one card. Often, those build up into a story that's, that's bigger than the, the sum of the parts, if you like. So the cards, the words connect with each other, and the colours connect. Um, it's such an interesting process. Like it's, it's really hard to describe. I really need to demonstrate it to people.
0: Yeah. So I'm I'm struck by how taking a a simple word and colour can really take People deep inside, into a place of it sounds like wisdom or memory or or uh, just another dimension. Is, yes. Does that? Do you find that to be true? I
1: do. I've mean, I got a story. I've got permission to share with you if you'd like me to, to tell a story to illustrate this. Sure. Um, I did a talk a, a while back last year now um, to a group of, of people, mm-hmm. and it was quite a big group. They had a the chance just to draw a card each and talk about it if they wanted to. And um, several people didn't know what it was saying to them in that short space of time. And mm-hmm. um, one of those people sent me a message later, and she said something along the lines of this. She said, Thank you for the gift you gave me during the workshop. The word I chose has turned out to be the key. To a change I need to make in my life to cope with a life-threatening um, illness.
0: Mm. Wow, and that was
1: powerful. And, uh, and later on, we had this conversation. I met her later on for a coffee too, and it turned out that she, and the colour of the card card was forgiveness, and the colour was orange. Mm. And um, she told me this whole story that had grown out of this. That she she was already going to Thailand on a detox retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't like orange, but there's quite a lot of orange associated with, with Thailand and with Buddhist robes and you know, that sort of thing. So she decided to buy an orange scarf, and she now loves to the orange scarf. Um, she decided to paint her toenails orange, and she loved that. It was a bit of fun <laughs> and light for her. And um, all sorts of things have come out of this. It's sort of a continuing, evolving story, if you like. And she doesn't really, she doesn't know how this all happened and what significance it's had for her, because you can't really say that, but she knows it was a turning point for her. Mm. Mm. This happened, you know, it's just extraordinary.
0: Yes. And I, I know a big component of your work really is supporting people with um, accessing their inner wisdom or that source um, and it seems like these cards are really the at the balance point of both that going within um, and accessing that wisdom and also recognizing that externally that there is support or there you know there is this whole um, other layer that is outside of ourselves that is working with us as well. Yes. 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 So can you say more about, I I am assuming that one aspect of the feminine for you is that kind of going within and that trusting that source of inner wisdom. If you could just tell us more about your experience with that and and how, um, how you have gotten to that point in your own life.
1: Yes. Um, a, lot of, a lot of stories I could uh, share with you. Um, and one of them is, a, is one of the wake-up points to me, if you like. Um, I believe, I know as a tiny child, I was connected. I hadn't lost con- connection with my source. Um, but during my life, which I believe happens for a lot of people, I lost that. Mm-hmm. And I'm searching for things outside myself and, and not finding it because that's not where it was. It was within me. Um, in 1994, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer, mm. which did wake me up rather suddenly. Um, it wasn't, it was a horrible experience. Obviously, I would wish it on, on anyone. In hindsight, it's led me down a totally different path in my life and in my spiritual development or redevelopment, but I don't regret for an instant because it's, um, it's you know, I've met so many wonderful people. I, things I wouldn't have read. I've, I've done things I wouldn't have done. And it's been a whole journey. But of course, particularly that sort of cancer, I had a hysterectomy. Mm. Um, for me, it wasn't as bad as for some women because I'd already decided not to have children. Uh, so I didn't have that grief to deal with. But even then, it was still the final decision was taken away from me and I had, you know, I had an instant menopause, so I had to cope with changes to my body and my relationship with my husband, and mm-hmm. survived all that, I'm so thankful to say, and it's been you know, a rocky road for a while, but that was certainly a very big, um, I'm not quite sure how to call it now. I say wake-up call. I think that's the most neutral way of putting it. It had lots of positives and lots of not-so-good things that went with
0: it. Right, right, and actually one of the um I was having a conversation recently with um, the woman whose show is was broadcast right before yours, and we were talking about uh, the idea of initiation and how the path of waking up or of spiritual growth so often um, is marked by times or experiences of initiation. And and that's part of what I'm hearing you describe um, in terms of your experience and what you went through. So I don't know if that feels true for you.
1: Yes, yes, it does. It does. I mean, part of my recovery from that experience um, was to, I compiled a a book of other women's stories about this type of cancer, because Mm. there was very then and there still isn't as much as there is about some other sorts of cancer. And one of the women I interviewed, um, she she said, you know, she she needed to stop. You know, she was um burning out, she was doing her body injury by working too hard and all those things that we often do thinking we have to. And she said her expression was, Well a broken leg wouldn't have done it, I'd just have carried on. Yeah. Had to like cancer to, <laughs> to make me take notice. It was you know, is, you know the, the thing that our bodies will tell us if we listen when something's wrong, but so often we, we let that little voice be drowned out by the world outside us and that people we feel responsible for, that we don't hear ourselves, we don't hear our own wisdom trying to speak to us. Mm.
0: Yes, yeah, so that's part of what you're supporting in others, is is really supporting them with hearing their wisdom.
1: Yes. Yes, and I do that in my one-to-one work. I do it in the groups and workshops I run. It gives people that quiet, safe space to, to be heard and to hear themselves and witness themselves.
0: Mm. Beautiful. Mm. And I, I know you've been... The other piece is around um, opening to their power, that idea, and that's certainly something we explore here on the podcast uh, for us as women, how we open to our power. But what what can you say about your your journey with that these days?
1: Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I, I I wrote for myself in my journal. I may have written it somewhere in the newsletter or a, a Facebook post a year or so back about that's the next stage to you know rediscover my inner you know, wisdom and help others do it also then move out into the world and unleash the power within. Mm. It's really only been this year, this new year now that we're in that I've come into putting that into practice. And again, I wrote for myself again. So it's, it's almost as if we're rediscovering the inner wisdom is, is wonderful, but what's it for? Mm. <laughs> and you know, more and more, and you know, all the things that are happening. Um, both around us and within us, I think, are leading us now as women in particular to to realize that, that we have this power and it's, uh, we can go out and use it and use it for good. Mm. Yes.
0: Yeah, so how is how can you just share a little bit about what the difference has been for you, like what that looks like in, in real world, you know, in your real life in terms of Having the wisdom, but now being out in the world in a more empowered way.
1: Yes, um, I one thing that was happened last year was I I turned down some work I was offered with, with a past employer because until um, June 2015 I was working full time as well as running Theatre Blossom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, when that contract ended, I decided not to look for other paid work, but to focus on my own business and my work here. Um And then last January, about a year ago, I was offered some other work, like I say, and I, I turned that down in spite of the, the financial wobbles, and I know, you know experiences of dealing with money is one of the things that you look at too. Yes. And that felt like, you know, it was, it was a bit scary because uh, that's one of the things that worries me is I'm sure it does lots of people. Um, it's that safety part, and sometimes the only safety I can feel in the world is to have a capital bit of money to rely on, mm. even though that's that's a, a false <laughs> a false thing, as I know deep in my heart, that it doesn't really make any difference. And it's often that uh, when I get into that worry mode about money, that's when I'm restricting myself and holding myself back. So this saying no rather than thinking I had to do this just because of whatever mm-hmm. moments but that's that's almost um that was a great moment but it's also not actually going out and using the power that was making that decision mm-hmm. um, but since then it's enabled me to um, much more be myself and speak as myself rather than representing an organization mm. just start um, being out there a little more I mean particularly with my my classical British background, if you like, which is covered to a lot of communities, I know. But, you know, I was brought up to be the good girl and be quiet, not show off. Mm. Mm. It's ringing some bells with you, I can tell.
0: Yes, yes. And I I know it rings some bells with our listeners as well. I I think there are quite a number of recovering good girls in our midst. (laughs) (laughs) right and even just the name of your business like dare to blossom i can see how it is like this invitation to that good girl or to that place where you know we have restricted ourselves or stayed small or held back yes yes
1: Shall I tell you where the, the name came from? Yes. Yes. It, it comes from, um, I'm, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce her name, but you'll know who I mean, Aeneas Nin. Yes. Who, um, the, the quote, yes, you're recognising it. The quote is, um, and then the day came when the risk it took to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. Uh,
0: yes. I love that quote. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah. So, so powerful to me. The, the card, the initial card I bought with it on that inspired the, the business name is still on my cork board here behind me. A little faded now since it was 2003, I think. From mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and it still remains an inspiration. And that's, that's really, that's how I explain my work because that's why people come to me because I'm feeling that. And that tightness, they want to blossom, even if it's just one petal at a time, Mm -hmm. and that's sometimes how we can do it. You know, you don't have to immediately be this huge, wonderful bloom, you can just gently open, make sure it's safe, but keep on opening.
0: Yes, yes, really that balance between like the risking and the stepping out in the way that you're doing. And I, I know that you shared with me before uh, we started recording that idea of you've been in a, a big, expansive movement this week or lately and that need to kind of pull back and come into yourself.
1: Yes, yes, it's um, it's been a wonderful time really since the new year and that is because i've been doing lots of work over the last year or so and it's coming to mm-hmm. um into blossom if you like it is coming to fruition and people are asking me to do interviews and talks and I'm making lots of connections and it's beginning of this week really it began to feel really overwhelming and i just needed to step back say be within a little bit and so remember that in the middle of the buddy, even when the flower is totally expanded, there's always that heart in the bud where the um the parts of the flower are kept safe, and maybe there's also that little secret part which is where the fruit will begin to form.
0: Mm. Mm. I love that. Right. So it's I I just want to name that I think for so many of us we either did the one extreme of the holding and the hiding, you know, the holding ourselves back or the pushing and overriding that tender place. And I, I heard you really honoring that, you know, in terms of putting yourself out there and then also taking the space to, you know, take a step back and really ground and reconnect with yourself.
1: Yes, yes, I feel that's, that's so important. And again, as you were just speaking about earlier, we've had a lovely day here today, and I've been able to get out on the beach where I live, which am so fortunate. And that's felt wonderful being out in the sunshine and the, the cold, but fresh air, mm-hmm. and the waves and the seabirds, and the larks were singing on the cliff top. I love that sound of larks song. Mm.
0: Mm. Yes, you. Uh... You take some beautiful photos. You live in an incredibly beautiful part of the world.
1: I do. Hmm.
0: So is there any more just related to your journey with, with money and coming into your power um, or just living in a, in a more feminine-based way in your life that, that you want to share with us?
1: Mm-hmm. About that. I think um, one of the things again, it's, taken, it's been over a period of years now i's, is being able to listen to the messages and hear the messages that I receive either through a process like my cards but also from other places very often. Um, and. Even though I don't know what they mean, I can just leave, accept them and leave them to sit for a while. And and I could tell you a, a story from when I was a child, which may illustrate this. It's quite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm losing my words. There. Interesting. <laughs> mm. So when I was when I was a child, I was I was very ill for a while, mm-hmm. and I remember my mother sending me a particular lullaby at night that I uh, used to love and we still love, which came into, into our lives again at the end of her life, which was magical and another story. But at some stage during that time, I remember hearing a voice talking to me, which made me feel reassured. Mm. For years I forgot I'd even heard that voice speak to me, and then some years ago I remembered it happened again during meditation, I remembered this, but I could not remember the words that it spoke to me,
0: Mm.
1: and sometime later on I did remember those words, and I know now that that was probably my higher self speaking to me as a child, Mm. higher self that was always there and maybe could speak to me now still, but the words that this voice spoke were, you are safe, my child. Mm. Yeah- well, I'm not sure that really answers the question you just asked me about sticking into my power and <laughs> relationships and uh, my, my work as a woman, but it felt relevant to tell you that story just then.
0: Mm. Well, I think it it certainly speaks to a degree of, uh, of letting go and letting down. it's like that that idea of trust, and knowing that there is something that is supporting you or holding you um, that can allow you both to blossom and if we were to look at the piece around the money or finance, that, you know, that you're safe. That idea, it's, it's going to be okay or you are okay. Um, there's nothing to fear. I mean, that's what I hear in the story. I don't know yes. if, if that's how it felt, but
1: yes, it, it is how it how it felt, and it's and it's something I like I grapple with still. You know the dark moments of the night when we um, I anyway certainly can can worry for a worry for Britain. I used to say I could do. I'm I'm not so, I'm not so good at worrying now. I'm better at not worrying. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I mean.
0: It's Absolutely <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Going to yep. that place of fear.
1: Yes, yeah. so it's it's something that sadly we're brought up to be fearful. Well, I was very often mm-hmm. partly through direct instruction, as in be careful and you know, don't take risks, and also through things that happened to me that made me feel fearful as a child and and later. Mm-hmm. And it takes, and you know, I'm sure this happens to to every life. Well, really, can happen to anybody but for for women it's particularly strong and particularly hard to overcome, I think.
0: Interesting. Yes, I I guess I wonder if we don't process it or experience it differently than men do. Um, Because I don't know that we have the market cornered on fear, but if we think about just the fight, flight, or freeze, it seems that because men are more comfortable or socialized at least culturally expected to be more um, activating or fighting that that we don't necessarily see see their fear or mm-hmm. they override more are more comfortable overriding it
1: yeah. Yes, I mean, that's, as you say, it's hard, it's hard to say and it's impossible to generalize for people, isn't it? um, I think there's a lot for, for all of us as human beings to, to learn about our differences in the way we do these things and respond to these things. And that's part of stepping into a power, I think, is being able to, just to speak the truth. And you know, say this is not okay when it isn't, or say no when it's needed, and say yes when it's needed too, and to stand up and say yes, I'm going to do this. I'm the person for this, or I've got a message to give, or whatever else that would be. Mm.
0: Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. So, I like to ask my guests um, if they have had experiences with trusting their sacred feminine flow and you certainly have shared some some stories of that but is there a specific one that comes to mind that you would like to share yes
1: it's um it is about what we've been talking about, really, but it's it's just going out there and, and trusting that I can share what I what I do and what I have to offer, and it will res- resonate with people. Mm. It's, it's 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 eternal um, recommitment, I think the word is, to myself and my own power and my own way of working and I know that I do nothing different to all the other wonderful teachers I connect with, the people I meet such as through your group journey
0: mm-hmm.
1: and at the same time because we're all unique individuals we all have that little bit of difference as in each individual flower that you'll see blooming is slightly different to every other that's our unique beauty and our unique offerings within those differences. But, um, can come out in the ways that we can speak to people.
0: Mm. Yes. Absolutely. So trusting that flow for you really is continuing to step out and to share your unique gift and your unique expression, it sounds like.
1: Yes. Yes. Um, it's, It's riding those... Those waves and the ups and downs when you have a reaction. I anyway have a reaction to something. So, for example, just this week on Monday, I was interviewed by a reporter on the local BBC radio station live on air. Mm-hmm. And the conversation went in a slightly different way than I expected. She asked for some help on asked for some help on the on not being able to sleep and things like this. <laughs> So anyhow, the interview went really, really beautifully. And I was in the car driving home, and the next guest she had was also a life coach mm-hmm. uh, with a totally different style to me, and a totally different way of speaking. And came over came over, I thought, wonderfully. And I had this immediate experience of being able to step back and observe myself doing this, which I can do mostly now, Which mm-hmm. observe myself having an immediate, oh, no, she's much better than me, sort of
0: reaction. Mm-hmm. The comparison,
1: thought, yeah. I call it compare and despair. <laughs> 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 a friend of mine introduced me to that expression. It is what you do, you know. It's just it's that comparison thing. But fortunately, I was able to, from things I've learned to practice, to step back and say, "Oh, isn't that interesting? How I'm reacting to that." Mm. And when I got home, I emailed her because her, we sort of vaguely knew each other. I think, but I didn't realised it. And she emailed back and said, Oh, my mum's told you all about your talk. It sounded wonderful. I'm going to listen to it. <laughs> it
0: was
1: so lovely. So, but it was, it's just so interesting how we, I think we probably all do that. Even the most confident people, regardless of whether they, they're male or female or whatever, however experienced they are, they all have these doubts. They all have the wobbles. Yeah. I mean, that's things that happen within, them. But, you know, the the imposter the syndrome and all those things that you hear and see written about.
0: Right. And they definitely all occur whenever we are taking that next step in, you know, risking to blossom, daring to blossom, or risking to get bigger in the next way. It's, um, yeah, it's that inhibition uh Or that that voice of the critic trying to keep us small. So
1: mm. I almost see it like with with a plant. If you're looking after a plant, if it's too protected, not exposed to wind at all, it doesn't grow very strongly. It will usually get blown over if it does get in the wind. Whereas if it gets a little bit of regular buffeting in in the wind, it will respond to that and grow stronger and taller. Mm survive any of those outside pressures so i feel that the outside pressures are are a good thing because they're enabling me to stand taller and stronger Mm,
0: that's yeah that's incredible i love that yes because it's it's creating and fostering resilience yes and strength beautiful so i i can't believe it but we're we're nearly at the end of our time and so i do have a final question for you um, and that is that from where you are standing today and who you have grown into, what is the wisdom that you would share with your younger self, if you could?
1: It's trust. It's trust that you're strong, that you're a powerful being, that you will blossom and continue to blossom. Mm. Mm.
0: I love that. Thank you, Mary.
1: Thank you. Enjoy talking to you.
0: Mm, thank you. It's been a, a delight and an honor to be with you. And I, I do want to let our listeners know that if they, if they would like to learn more about your work, and can they purchase your cards there as well, on your they website? Can. They can,
1: yes. Excellent. Yes, I, also, I also have. Um, I offer a complimentary call to anybody who just wants to know a little bit more about the process. So if anybody's interested in having a conversation with me online, then we could arrange that too.
0: So that is all through your website, yes? Yes. Yes. And your website is, it's dare2blossom.co.uk, right? That's correct. Yes, thank you. Wonderful. So I also want to thank you, my beautiful listener, for being here with us and taking time out of your day to listen and to remind you that until next time, to always trust what your heart knows. Thanks for listening to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow with Joni Advent Maher. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share our podcast with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes.